Do you find yourself struggling with changing your behavior? Me too. Today, why that's okay, and perhaps even the best way to learn. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 157. Produced by Innovate Learning. Maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. This is a weekly coaching show to help us all be better leaders through improved communication, human relations, and personal leadership. And that is the topic of our show today, looking at how we change our behavior and why we often struggle with it. And you know, there's a lot coming in the coming weeks on this show. There's a four or five interviews already recorded. I've got lots of wonderful guests and perspective for you in the coming weeks. But I wanted to step back this week and look at where we are this time of the year. And for those of you listening to this at the time it airs, it's early September 2014. And this is the time of the year for a lot of us in a lot of parts of the world where speed picks up again a lot. Kids go back to school in a lot of parts of the world. Uh, businesses tend to pick up their uh, their uh, you know work and agendas and uh, and and tasks because everyone's finally done with summer vacations for the most part at least here in the northern hemisphere and uh, you know it is just that kind of a time of year that a lot of us are gearing up for a lot of work before the holidays hit just a couple months away I know it's hard to believe and we all are juggling a lot. I know I am right now. And it is also the time of year when a lot of people begin to think about learning and professional development, graduate programs start up again. People have kids going back to school. And even if you're not going back to school yourself, like I'm not, you get in that mode of thinking about learning and thinking about what can I get done before the end of the year and what can I continue to improve upon before the year is complete and get better at. And I think this is the time of the year when people like me who are trainers, educators, coaches, are supposed to say something really motivational about learning and training and all that good stuff. And you know, the real reality though is I don't love learning all that much. Let me give an example. One of my favorite movies is The Matrix. If you haven't seen The Matrix, you have to watch The Matrix because it's a, it's a fun it's a fun action movie to watch, and it's a great story. Not so much the second and third ones, but but the first one is really amazing. And one of my favorite scenes from The Matrix is near the end of the movie when all the action's going on. I won't give anything away if you haven't seen it, but there's uh, one of the lead characters. Her name is Trinity in this movie, and they're they're fighting the bad guys. And at one point in the film at the end, they've re-entered this alternate universe where all the humans live and they are fighting these evil agents and they come across a helicopter, her and the other lead character. And uh, the, the other character asks her, can you fly that helicopter? And she responds, not yet. And then she calls into the person who can download all that information into her brain. And she says, I need a pilot program right away. And he looks it up in the database. And then 
In the next 10 seconds, you see him pull up the information that she needs to fly the helicopter and hit the button. And then you watch her eyes kind of roll back into her head and she assimilates all this information in just a few seconds. And then she opens her eyes and says to the other character, let's go. And she knows how to fly a helicopter like she'd been doing it for years. That is my kind of learning right there. That's the kind of learning that I wish I could get. And if anyone ever creates a system for that kind of learning, I am both going to be happy and sad. Sad because I'm going to be out of work, uh, but I think it would be worth it because if I could learn how to fly a helicopter in about 10 seconds, I would I would great I would gladly give up my line of work and figure out something to do. That is the kind of learning I want. Boy, we just don't have that kind of learning. You know, I I generally don't like learning very much. What I like is I love I don't I don't really like it. I love it. I love acquiring knowledge. I love that part. I love reading books. I love doing all the things to kind of get information about things. But when it comes to real learning, mm, I don't know. I wrote an article on this three or four months ago. Some of you may have read it on the weekly updates. When I was a senior in college, this is going back 15 years or so now, I had seen an announcement as we were approaching the end of our senior year about interviewing to be the graduation speaker for the business college. And at the time, I was realizing I really had an interest in speaking and training, and I had done some of that in the last year of college, and I'd done a bunch of campus leadership. And I saw that announcement, and the minute I saw it, I said, that I could do. That I could really possibly do. And I I remember I grabbed the information. I submitted my application right away. And so I got to work on the speech. And it was probably a week or two before the tryouts for this speech. And I would would sit down at the end of the day. Every evening, I'd stay up late, and I'd kind of work on the speech, and I'd write it. And I, you know, as the day got closer and closer to the actual tryout, I'd I'd practice it in my dorm room, and I'd try, you know, in a whole bunch of different ways. And... I showed up for the tryouts, and it was in a classroom on campus, and there were probably 15 or 20 people who were in this room, and it was a mix of faculty, students, and staff, and so, you know, people at all ages, pretty diverse group, and they said, all right, you're up, and so I walked up to the front, and I I never have been very comfortable standing behind lecterns. I probably should have in this case, but I didn't, and so I had my eight and a half by 11 paper in front of me. And I was holding it in, 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 in front of the audience and I was reading my speech. And I started and I started as confidently and as clearly as I possibly could. And I probably got about 45 seconds, a minute, minute and a half into the speech. And I got that sinking feeling. You know that sinking feeling you get when you can tell it's just not going well. The j- jokes I had put in there, no one was laughing. The stares I was getting from the audience weren't stares of inspiration and excitement like I'd expected. They were the stares of boredom. And I, my nerves got the best of me. 
and I started to shake a little bit. Now, I should say that one of the things I tell people when I work with them today, and I'm doing presentation coaching, which I do a little bit of uh, even still, is that don't worry too much about shaking because there's just there's just not that many times that the amount of shaking that the average person would do when they're nervous is going to be visible to the audience. Well, let me assure you, <laughs> I was an exception to that in this case. I don't think I've ever seen someone shake as bad as I shook that day. The paper started shaking in my hands, and because it was this big eight and a half, eleven sheet of paper, and because I wasn't behind the lectern, I couldn't hide anywhere, and so it started shaking, and 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 it was so loud, and this is why I know it was bad. I remember hearing the paper shaking back and forth in my ears, and when I got done with the speech, which I don't know, maybe it was five or six minutes, I I did finish. Someone managed to mutter something nice, but it was said in the kind of way you say something when you've just seen a train wreck and you don't really know what to say, so you say something sort of nice. And I I left the room. I, I didn't even bother to look if I won <laughs> because I knew that I hadn't. And when I eventually saw the student speaker at the graduation that I went to that 15, 16 years ago, uh, it was clear. It was clear. I was way out of my league. And if I hadn't already been slated by the campus orientation program to speak to students that entire summer, every single night, I might not have done much speaking again because I left that experience feeling like a failure. And I knew that if I was going to become a more effective speaker and communicator, that it was not going to be easy. Real learning is hard. It's not as simple as being able to pick up a book and to get some information. It is, it is a challenge consistently in order to change our behavior. I read the book many years ago, called Outliers that Malcolm Gladwell had written. It's a fabulous book. I actually think it's an inspirational book, personally, even though it's not intended as an inspirational book, at least I don't think, by the author. But what the book's about is Gladwell examined some of the most successful people across all kinds of different industries, and he really tried to figure out what was the common factor, if there was one, of what he called outliers, the people who really were just exceptional beyond average measure in their fields. You know, people like Bill Gates is one of the people he profiled and looked at in the book. And one of the conclusions that he drew of many, but probably the most famous that's still cited from this book, is that uh, often the people who are most successful had spent 10,000 hours of doing something in order to get comfortable with it, to get better and to truly learn how to be masters in their field. And he cites many, many examples of that. And I think back to that quite a bit. And the reason that I think that it's an inspirational book is Gladwell says, even though he doesn't say this explicitly, eight hours isn't enough. If you don't feel like you're doing well after one day of training, that's okay. In fact, it's probably good if you don't feel that way. 
And my friends at Dale Carnegie know this really well. In order to become a Dale Carnegie instructor, you have to go through a two to 300-hour instructor development process before you even get in front of a classroom to teach. And even then, it's only with another more senior instructor who generally works with people for anywhere from six months to a year beyond that initial period. It's a major, major investment of time. Now, I don't know if the expertise is 200 hours or 1,000 or 10,000, like Gladwell says, or maybe even more than that. But what I do know, it's more than 50 hours. It's more than 20. It's way more than 10. I think a lot of us get discouraged because we want learning to come easy to us, but we mistake learning and knowledge. Knowledge is really just information. You know, it's never been easier to acquire knowledge. I mean, think about all the ways that we can get access to information these days. A Google prompt can open the entire world to us on, of knowledge on just about any subject, leadership included. And many of you have found this show because you did a search online and accessed information on this show and other shows and other resources and articles and blogs and videos online. We have more access to information today than most people ever had in their whole lifetimes just a hundred years ago. But learning is different than knowledge. Learning, knowledge is easy to acquire. It's never been easier. Learning is a change in behavior that keeps you from making the same mistake again. Real learning is hard, and I don't like it that much. (laughs) I've had so many people over the years say to me, I love learning. This is something I hear all the time in my line of work when people show up for coaching or for a training class or even in a university classroom, they say, I love learning. I just love to learn. And I think for most of those people, not all, but most, what they really mean is I love acquiring knowledge. They love going to conferences, love reading books, watching videos online, listening to podcasts. Don't stop doing that, by the way. Reading blogs, going to classes, getting degrees, getting certifications. All of those things are things that a lot of us, me included, I love doing that. I love acquiring knowledge. Nothing's better than, you know, firing up my Audible account and listening to the next book. But it's not the same thing as learning. Learning is that change in behavior that keeps you from making the same mistake again. And real learning is so, so very hard. I mentioned on a show recently that I'm in the process of putting together some video content in order to share with our community through a private test of membership, which is coming very soon. And just this last week, we filmed the very first videos, which I'll be able to share with people in the coming weeks. And the video, the first one came back just today. I watched it this morning and I took a look at it and the production is great. Me, eh, 
<laughs> Not so much. My comment, my thought on myself was, eh, it's okay. It'll do for the prototype. Uh, Bonnie was so gracious to me. She said, oh, it looks like the Apple iPhone 6 announcement. <laughs> That's why I married her. She's always so encouraging. But the reality is, is that I didn't smile enough. I wasn't conversational enough. I didn't tell a good story at the beginning. It was a little bit forced. There's a lot that I need to learn. But here's the thing, is I've been down the road before, not on video, but I was pretty mediocre when I started off this podcast. Uh, I wasn't so great when I started writing regularly. All of those things I needed to learn over many hundreds of hours of doing them, getting feedback, hearing criticism, and sometimes falling flat on my face. So while it's not uncomfortable to change, I know that I need to do it, and I know that it won't be easy. But that does make it a little bit easier. So my advice for all of us this week, as we go into this season for many of us as of renewal and new learning and school and university programs starting of, if not for us, family members and friends, three pieces of advice for all of us. Number one, you know, real learning is hard. Ensure that what you're learning is something important for you to learn because it is so hard. There's only so much and so many things we can really learn at once. I mentioned on the show before that one of my favorite books that I had the privilege of reading about 15, 16 years ago was a book called Soar With Your Strengths. I'll put a link in the show notes. It is a book about finding the things that you do well in the world and, and, and can contribute in amazing ways and focusing on that and not worrying so much about all the other things. So that's why it's important, first and foremost, for a lot of us to ensure that it is, whatever we're learning, something important to learn. Because real learning is hard, and there's only so much bandwidth we all have in a given day, a given week, or a given year to do real learning. Learn the things that are going to help you truly master your craft, to get better at the things that are truly a part of what you're here to do on this planet of the work that you are charged with. Secondly, is get comfortable with being uncomfortable, especially in learning. I love the quote from the late Zig Ziglar who said, when you're tough on yourself, life is going to be infinitely easier on you. And boy, I have found that to be so true. When I am my toughest critic, when I welcome the feedback and the criticism, when I'm willing to look at myself and say, I need to do better in this area that's important to learn, life and everyone else, by the way, becomes infinitely easier on me. And then third, and perhaps most important for many of us who listen to this show is recognize that what you've been able to change in your behavior may still be very challenging for others. Just because we've mastered it in our walk and in our career and in our personal 
relationships doesn't mean that the next person has. And in fact, the learning process is as difficult for them as it was for us. I know I'm still working on this one, and I know most of the leaders that I know are working on this too. But remember that that behavior change is challenging for all of us. But it is worth doing because real learning is so, so very important. I love the quote that Bonnie passed along to me recently from a book she is looking at called Building a Better Teacher, since she's doing a podcast on this, uh, the new book by Elizabeth Green. And there's a quote in the book from a teacher that says, every single time I get on a plane, I'm really glad that the plane is not being flown by someone who just always loved planes. And if you're on a plane right now, you know exactly what she means. I would love to hear your comments on this episode. I hope you'll join the conversation as well at coachingforleaders.com slash 157. What's your struggle with learning? Do you run into the same challenges that I do? Have you found ways that have worked well for you? I'd love to hear your input. And comments, questions, and feedback, especially for the future Q&A shows, are always welcome. So you can submit that at coachingforleaders.com slash feedback. The next Q&A show coming up is episode 161. I'm not sure I mentioned this on last week's show, but it's going to be 161, so the first show in October. And the topic for that Q&A show is going to be difficult conversations. So if you are wondering things about difficult conversations you've had in the recent past, you may be working through right now, or even difficult relationships or dialogue that's happening that's not going quite the way you'd like it to, now's the time to get in your question to be considered for feedback. Again, the best way to do that, coachingforleaders.com slash feedback. And a reminder again that I am going to be traveling out to the Chicago area, speaking of planes, with our kids coming up here in about a week and a half. And I am hosting a dinner meetup in the Chicago area. So if you are a listener out in the Chicago area uh, and are interested in joining uh, me and some of the other listeners for just a casual uh, get-together on September 18th, please let me know. So it'll be Thursday, September 18th from 6 till about 7.30 or so. It'll be in the Naperville Bolingbrook area. For those of you who are in the Chicago area, you'll know where that is. Uh, If you are interested, just go ahead and send me an email to feedback at coachingforleaders.com. Put in the subject line, Chicago Dinner. Or you can just hop on the website and hit the contact button and reach out to me that way too. It always works. Hey, a big thank you this week to those of you who joined the weekly updates. And that this week is Ian Collinson, Tom Loncar, Demetria Bilbrew, Tanya Richards, Andy Thomas, Elaine Sue. Kunher Karasquel, Tanya Ilozovic, Simon K, Alberto Fernandez, Tammy Pazdro, and Ransom Bennett. Thank you so much for joining the weekly update. And if you hop onto the weekly update as well, you'll get a few things. A couple. One thing you'll get immediately is you'll get my guide on the 10 leadership books that will help you get better results from others including two books that I rely on weekly. And I do come back to those two books pretty much weekly because like a lot of things in learning, very few things I get from a book the first time through. 
And one of those two books that I rely on weekly, Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I'm constantly coming back to that. And that's one of them that's on the list. And if you'd like to get the full guide for that, as well as a little video that I have that walks through all of the uh, the things that I think are valuable from those books, you can get that too. Just go to coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. You'll also start getting the notes for every episode on Wednesdays in your email box, plus an article from me each week that'll help you to continue to enhance your leadership skills. Also this week, thank you to a few of you who hopped onto the iTunes store and left written reviews about the show. Uh, thank you all the way from Germany. The username is, um, oh, you know, when I took four years of German, I should be a lot better than this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attempt it here. Schwendepfohl. Schwendepfohl. I hope I'm close. Thank you so much for the kind review. And also thank you to Cat K way down under in Australia. Kat, thank you so much for the kind review as well. Hey, if you have been listening for a bit and feel like you can give a review honestly for the show, go to coachingforleaders.com slash iTunes. Or if you listen on Stitcher, coachingforleaders.com slash Stitcher. And I would love to get a review from you as well. Hey, have a great week and I'll see you back next week. Go learn something this week.